He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, uh, a, a must-watch for everyone on uh, Travel uh, Channel and Discovery Plus, uh, Destination Fear. And uh, we're going to be talking to someone who's as as good as they get when it comes to paranormal exploring. And he leads his team into uh, America's most sinister and haunted locations. And it, it is a new season of uh, Destination Fear. Dakota Layden is here with us. Dakota, how are you? Good. How you doing, man? Doing terrific. I I know a lot of people are excited, myself in, included. Uh, how about you? I mean, does it uh, does it get old because you've been doing this uh, for uh, for so long and you've been at it uh, at it for a while, uh, or is it just exciting as exciting for you uh, as uh, as anything going into a new season? Yeah, I mean, it definitely gets draining and tiring, but I love it so much that it never gets old. Like I love filmmaking and I love the paranormal, and I get to do both of those things in one. Uh, so I love it, man. Yeah, what about the uh, the team? I mean, do you have any any special ritual uh, on opening uh, on opening weekend or opening uh, of of a new season? Do you do do something together? Does, is everybody just kind of on their own and they do something with their families, or uh, have you already know what's going to happen and it's no big deal? Uh, do you have a ritual going into the uh, watching the first uh, first episode of a new season? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I had a lot of people texting me like, what's going to happen? The premiere party, where's it at? And I was like, man, I was I was just planning on watching it alone in my room. But uh, <laughs> honestly, we, we all, like the week of and as of this week as well, like we'll, we all talk to each other throughout the week and we've been doing a lot of stuff for the fans where we've been calling fans personally throughout the week and uh, just reminding them of the show and thanking them for their support. Uh, so yeah, it's been great. Uh, have you had the same staff, uh, the uh, people kind of behind the scenes, uh, the the whole time you've been doing that, or is it is it fluid? Uh, are your key players the same behind the scenes, uh, or or is it uh, does it change from season to season? Yeah, it's been for the most part all the key players are the same. Uh, you know, the nice thing is like Chelsea, Tanner, Alex, myself. Like when we're on the road, we we love our crew. We hang out with our crew and. There's no, there's no separation of casting crew. And so I think because of that, the, the, the crew wants to come back and it's such a fun trip. Uh, so yeah, we've had the same key players and the only times we haven't was because of COVID. So yeah, everyone's been true. Is your uh, expectations of what you're going to, uh, going to see, um, are, they, uh, are they similar? to uh to how it was in the very beginning uh because you've been doing this uh, a while even before you were doing it on camera right you would uh, you were exploring you out there uh does your expectations uh become um i i don't know um normal i don't know <laughs> do you do you uh, do you see things that uh that you come across and is it uh, is it normal to you at this point you know what? Like I, I always thought it would get to this point, and I would be a lot more. It would be a lot more normal to me, but it's actually worse because throughout the years we've seen so much, heard so much, and we've heard so many stories that, like, all that information is almost a curse. And now when we go into buildings, 
I'm thinking about the dozens of things I've personally experienced. I'm thinking about the dozens of things I've heard from other people at this location that they've experienced. And it's almost gotten worse. Like, instead of being getting used to it, I'm getting more scared of it. I'll be careful not to ask you something that could spoil, but if you look back, if you look behind, is there anything specific, a specific instance that kind of keeps you up at, at night or uh, gets gets into your dreams? Yes, definitely. I mean, this season alone, uh, like the, the, the episode this Friday, it didn't even happen to me. It happened to my buddy Tanner, but he has a, a moment in the tunnel system and uh, it, it, it literally blows me away. Like the audio on his camera, as he is experiencing something, slowly gets more and more staticky to the point where it's gone. And he's experiencing something, freaking out, running. And not until he actually leaves the tunnel several minutes later does the audio start to slowly kind of come back. That was terrifying. And I didn't even really realize it until I got home and was watching the footage. Uh, but then for this season, too, for me, the, the finale episode, uh, I won't give away too much on that one. I'm going to let that one be. But Please. that episode, it is, it was all, we were all together, too, and we experienced these things. But... That episode is one that keeps me up at night. Well, listen, uh, like I said, uh, no one, no one does this quite as entertainingly and uh, and and as uh, you know thoroughly as as you do and your your crew does. So, congrats on that. Let me just remind folks that are just Thank tuning you. in a little late. Dakota Layden is our very special guest, and it's a new season of Destination Fear. And if you didn't catch uh, last season, uh, you can binge it. Um, and, and again, you can see this on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Dakota Layden here with us for another minute or so. Uh, Dakota, when uh, when you're going uh, into uh, into a, a season like this, um, is there is there anything that you stayed away from that um, I, I don't know? I, you know, maybe uh, maybe you battled to keep it in there and, and you stayed away from it, maybe logistically or or maybe for some other reason. Is there anything that you kind of left on the, on the cutting room floor or uh, you just didn't get there? You just uh, couldn't get to do it. And it's something that you'll, you'll uh, maybe look at in the future. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really anything that made the cutting room floor, uh, but there are a lot of ideas that I still have. Like this, this season I introduced at the start of the season, no flashlights, the whole road trip, uh, every time we're alone. So that was kind of a new experiment. But I, just after doing that this season, it's given me a whole bunch of new ideas for the future. Um, but, the, you know, there are things that uh, maybe this is not answering your question, but there are things that we, we stay away from, like uh, – you know, I never, I like when there's a dark haunt and even if it's evil, we like to, you know, poke at bee's nest a little bit, but I, I do stay away from any of like the witchcraft or the, the dark stuff. Like the, that's not who we are. No, I'm not trying to open up that door as much as I can. Uh, so that, that stuff, I have had people ask me like, oh, you guys never mess with, you know, rituals or seances and all that. I'm like, nope, no, thank you. I'll never do that. You, you know, I would think, that that another uh, uh, touchy subject would be uh, a, a recent death, you know, something that's uh, th just not that far uh, in the past that happened, and, and maybe that's out of respect for family members or, or friends or or whatever. But uh, do you come across those issues? Uh, yeah, we definitely do uh, come across those issues every once in a while, but uh, probably not as often as you'd think, though. 
Well, listen, tell us anything that we should know without spoiling, of course, about uh, about this new season. And uh, and before you go, make sure we get your website, social media site, any anywhere we could follow along with what uh, you and, and the rest of the crew are doing. Yeah, I mean, this season is awesome. Four out of the eight locations have really never been seen before on TV. Uh, we broke the ground on some big new hospitals, asylums, sanatoriums, and prisons, some amazing locations. Uh, and then also this season, I think, is my favorite for the actual road trip element. We we were able to do a lot more this season. We, we had a lot more fun in the daytime, and we did some things that I would have never thought I would do uh, years ago. And uh, just overall, it's my favorite season. I love it. And uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, just search at Dakota Layden. Uh, and if you want to find the whole cast of the show, go to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and search Destination Fear and find the, the, the show's page. And from there, you can find all of our personal pages. Dakota, congratulations on the new season. Can't wait to see it. Um, and uh, listen, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Dakota Layden, everyone. Uh, the the paranormal explorer extraordinaire, right? He and his uh, and his crew uh, will have you riveted. They go into spots that you uh, you dream about at night, but uh, wake up and kind of uh, hope uh, that you'll get a more pleasant feeling afterwards. These guys seek them out. <laughs> a destination fear is the show, and it's on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Um, Frank McKay here. Uh, again, uh, the, uh, the the paranormal explorers uh, lead, uh, well, Dakota specifically leads the team in, into uh, America's most sinister and haunted locations. I'm driving, uh, I'm uh, reading here uh, in riveting uh, new season and riveting is right. Uh, it's it's a must watch and binge uh, listen and watch to the, uh, the first uh, uh uh, season just absolutely terrific. Dakota Layden has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Uh, so much more importantly, who are you? And What Have You Done With My Kid is the name of the book. This is a must-get for anyone who has a tween and uh, between a, 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 a little kid and, and a teenager. Uh, that's what a tween is. And uh, we, we have four, but they're, uh, the, the youngest is 19. But, boy, we could have used this book uh, a while ago. What took us so long to get it out is what I want to know. But it's, it's getting rave reviews all over the place. Dr. Amanda Craig is our very special guest and the, and the whole the whole title is uh, who are you and what have you done with my kid uh connecting with your tween uh and uh, why are they still and are they still listening uh, i had a little fuzzy uh part of my book cover here but dr craig how are you i'm good thank you well, listen, congratulations. You're getting rave reviews. And, uh, you know, it's uh, anybody who's gotten a, a peek at this uh, so far is, a, uh, is raving about. But it's an important book. I mean, this is this is the time of their lives where they start growing a tremendous difference between the little kid and, and the teenager. And this is kind of maybe the last time uh, you get them while they're listening. Oh, I love that. You, you're spot on. It's like we focus on the little kids and academic and are they nice? 
And then we start to worry about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And we forget these few years, 9 to 12, where we still have a seat at the table. And because of the way their brain is growing right now with all these new neural pathways, we have a lot of opportunity to bond with them and also build empathy and resiliency and confidence that they will take with them ongoing. How much different is this book now than it would have been if you wrote it 30 years ago? You know, what I love about this book, and I've actually been thinking about it for probably 20 years, is whether you're married, whether you have a college kid, a teenager, a tween, the four pillars of connection I talk about are can work in any of those relationships because the idea of connecting emotionally is is that when we are in relationship we innately want to feel close we want to be responsive we want somebody to have our back and when we do we feel good in contrast when we don't we feel empty and a lot of us can relate to that in our different relationships and as parents we want our kid to feel that security. And this is a great time, although not the only time, but a great time for them to really develop that confidence and that worth. Let me ask it this way. Uh, the social media, the, the, the moment my moment news cycle, that has to be leaking into the 9 to 12-year-old, I mean, one way or the other. Uh, the... Um, uh, you know, everything, uh, you know, being about a, a phone now and, and, you know, young, young kids having phones. Uh, this this wasn't the reality. That wasn't the normal 30 years ago. Have things changed because of our, our new technology and because of our new information and how quickly it comes to kids? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they're they're smarter. They're just more wise. They know bigger concepts. You know, there's not many kids that don't know Ukraine. Right. They they're just exposed to so much more than, you know, we were Gen X was back in the day before all of the, the computers and the screens. So absolutely. The pandemics had a huge impact on mental health and wellness as well. So, you know, although the four pillars of connection don't change how we how society kind of puts stuff in our family and how we use the four pillars is what changes. Dr. Craig, the the interaction between the the older kids and the younger kids um, are, are are always a big part of it. Do you address in the book uh, the uh, the relationships between let's say an older uh, child or the, an only child uh, or someone who is the oldest at uh, at their point when they're still a, t- a tween and others that are getting the influence of their older siblings who are two or three years ahead of them? Yes. (laughs) I get a lot of questions about the sibling relationship. I love it because it's the one relationship that they're given that they can kind of practice anything. There's things they'll say and do with their sibling, arguing and, and the things they say that they will not do with their peer group. And, and we want that. We want them to experience what it's like to do and say different things. And often when we parent, we parent the first one, and then the others, my six-year-old is exposed to more because I have a 13-year-old, right? It's so hard to balance that 
those developmental differences because life moves fast and, and parenting's hard, especially when you have two, three, four kids. Was there any? So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I. So it really comes down to these pillars where we want to see our kids individually. I want to know each kid's perspective and lens they see the world through. I want to know them. I want to know, like, emotionally how the day hits them. I want to know what their relationships feel like to them. It's kind of the difference between how was your day versus how did you experience your day. And with siblings and family relationships, the third pillar is I am here for you, which means we're going to do family things. We're going to have fun as a family. We're going to have inside jokes. And we're also going to do yard work, and you're going to help me rebuild that that fence that fell down in the storm, and we're going to do tough things too, and we're going to have dinner as a family. So we're going to have people in our family, in our community, in our group that are there to support you and have your back. And the fourth one is, and this holds with siblings, I will keep you safe. So although I'm going to let my kids play out a lot of their behaviors, I will keep you all safe. And so if there's something going on, I may have to intervene. Not everything, right? I don't need to hover that relationship and and puppeteer that relationship, but I will keep everybody safe. We can't, you know, hurt each other's feelings, put each other in fear, or like physically hurt each other. So there are boundaries there. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of thought that goes in uh, to uh, to a book like this, and and thankfully you've. Uh, uh, you, you've put a lot of thought all these years into your career, and this has been a, um, uh, a you know, a, a focus of yours. Uh, did anything make the book that you weren't sure that it would, and and it was kind of a last minute uh, decision whether to leave it on the cutting room floor, and and you decided to go with it? Is there anything that sticks out to you like that? Oh, great question. Oh. You know, it, writing a book is such a process, and there are things that make it in or things that you wanted more of that, that didn't get in. I think that focusing on the tween was definitely an aha for me. I saw when I was doing research on teens, we aren't talking enough about tweens and the potential we have there. So that was definitely something we really honed in on. Um you know, the things, I put a lot of personal stories. I talk about my kids in the book. Um, some of that we cut. I kept some of it in intentionally because it's real. Parenting's hard. I teach this all day and I go home and it's hard. It's hard for me too. But we all innately want to be good parents and raise solid human beings. And so I really focused on that throughout the book and making this accessible and just reminding adults and parents and grandparents, like, you matter, you care, and we just have to, like, language that so our kids get the message. Dr. Amanda Craig, thank you very much. Congratulations on the book. And can you give us a social media site or a website where we could follow along with what you're doing? Yes, I would love it. My website is amandacraigphd.com. You can find the book in local stores and also Amazon's carrying it, as well as the audio book. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me.
Who Are You and What Have You Done With My Kid is the name of the book. Connect with your tween while they are still listening. Uh, great title. Dr. Amanda Craig has been our very special guest. And uh, she's, hey, listen, she's got a tremendous amount of experience. She's worked in, um, uh, you know, in, in Manhattan and, uh, you know, so many years. Uh, she worked in the uh, the jail system, too, uh, with juveniles and, uh, you know, school systems and everything else. So, listen, she's got a, a great background on this. But that's uh, that's the name of the book, Connect with your tween while they are still listening. And one of the things I, you know, I didn't get to, uh, to talk to her about, but, uh, you know, one of the things I used to ask my kids uh, when they got home from school and we'd, we'd uh, talk to them privately or whatever, I'd always say, uh, I'd always say, who'd you eat lunch with today? And, you know, sometimes they would say, who did I eat lunch with today? And then after a while, you know, uh, they would, uh, they would say all oh, the usual, the usual, and uh, and I said, well, who? You know, who specifically? And I wanted to see if their friend group was changing or, you know, what was going on in their lives. And you could tell a lot by who they're eating lunch with. And then I used to say, uh, you know, to them, look, it sounds like you got a good group of people there. Are you looking outward? Are you looking to the other tables? Are you looking for kids that are sitting alone? And if you see kids sitting alone, bring them over because you got a nice group of people there and uh, bring them in and, uh, you know, you'll expand your circle, but, uh, you know, make things easier on, on somebody who either is new or is just having having a hard time uh, getting some getting some connections and friends and so forth. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. Dr. Amanda Craig has been our very special guest. Who are you and what have you done with my kid is the name of a book. Connect with your tween while they are still listening. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, a uh, man who's put together an amazing career. Uh, he's turned children's author, if you could believe that. Howie Abrams, and uh, it, his book is is a must get. Uh, it's just I I think it's a great idea. The ABCs of the Grateful Dead. It's a children's book. And I, I just think it's great. There's so many uh, people who grew up with rock, and uh, and why not? I mean, it's just absolutely a great, uh, great idea for a book. How does one explain the appeal of the Grateful Dead, rock music in general, but certainly the Grateful Dead very specifically? Howie Abrams is here to talk about the book, The ABCs of the Grateful Dead. Uh, Howie, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, doing well, and uh, just tell us the, the genesis of this book. When did you first get the idea that, hey, you know what? Grateful Dead children's book. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's out of the box thinking for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of things. So Caves, who's the illustrator for the book and a longtime friend of mine, uh, this is our fourth uh, children's book together. And the first two we did were hip-hop alphabet books, then we were lucky enough to do an ABC book with Metallica, and then we were trying to think of what we wanted to do next. We wanted to do something different than Metallica, so we weren't looking to corner the market on like heavy metal children's books. Um, and we thought with uh, rich culture and the iconography that goes along, you know, the imagery with the Grateful Dead, that they would be an incredible prospect 
for the children's book. And at the end of the day, I think we sort of know that children's books are really for the parents anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, there's no question about it, but perfect timing, too, with the holidays coming up. Yeah, right. I, I mean, the, the market for this book are the parents of kids that were, were deadheads and, and were rock fans and whatever. I, I know people right off the bat and people listening to this show right now that are, uh, are friends of mine. I, the, these people are getting this book without question, and some of them are getting it kind of tongue-in-cheek, and some of them are getting, getting it because they, they want their little kids to kind of grow up on the dead. I, I think, listen, great, great concept. Uh, do, you, I, I, do you touch at all on any of the, the, the sordid details, or do you, is, it, uh, is it sanitized? It is definitely a legit, kid-friendly book. All right. <laughs> so, there were, so there were a lot of things based on the uh, Grateful Dead brand uh, that we had to stay away from, certainly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I completely understand them protecting themselves because, for instance, if you Google, like, just the word psychedelic, right, it immediately goes to drugs, you yeah. know? And so, you know, we think of it as this, like, benign concept, you know? And But at the end of the day, that's the first thing you're going to see if you were to Google the word. So you have to be really sort of mindful of the fact that if this is meant to be, you know, for kids, that, you know, you have to keep it uh, kind of in that context. I mean, the, the other books that you mentioned, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I get it. Metallica, uh, absolutely uh, uh, terrific concept there. This has to be the most challenging one because of the, the, the term psychedelics. And, and how do you explain the Grateful Dead with uh, without getting into that, because you know, let's face it, uh, drugs, psychedelic drugs specifically, were uh, were a very big part of of what the dead uh, was was about. Uh, the most challenging one for sure. Oh yeah, because of the exact reason that you just described. But like, we sort of knew going in that we were going to stay away from that because you know we were aiming at making a children's book, but we didn't realize that there were things like we just hadn't really thought of that we planned to include, whether they were in illustrations um, or in a rhyme, and that we really were steered away from. So, you know, they didn't want any mushrooms on the cover, you know? And, for, you know, so we had mushrooms originally on the, on the book cover. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're like, come on, Willy Wonka. Like, if you, if you watch the movies, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, once they go to the chocolate factory, there's like mushrooms and it's just fun and whatever. They're like, nope. <laughs> you yeah. know? So yeah. we couldn't do things like that. And again, I understand um, and I respect uh, their position with it. But yes, it, it, if you look at how the dead started um, and where it came from, it was so integrated with psychedelics and all of that. And that's just not really going to work for a children's book. Look, in, in a sense, and I don't know that this is a fair comparison. I don't know if this is a, an accurate comparison. But grim fairy tales, when, when mm -hmm. grim fairy, fairy tales uh, first were, were created, they were very dark. And, and they, weren't, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. weren't really for kids. And over the years, they sanitized it, and they got, like, a whole different message. And the yeah. Red Riding Hood that we hear about now is not the original, or, or the Three Bears are not the original. And uh, you know, let's face it: what you're doing here is uh, is you're you're maybe making the first step to explaining the Grateful Dead, which is a phenomenon. 
I mean, a, a phenomenon that needs to be remembered historically. But you're, you may be the first people to explain the, the Grateful Dead uh, to kids, and maybe you're starting something here. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's interesting because, you know, at the end of the day, they are what they are. You can explain the Grateful Dead, you know, uh, in terms of musical boundary pushing and experimentation without having to talk about drugs. You don't have to go there. And at the end of the day, if parents want to talk to their kids about that or, you know, grandparents want to talk to their grandkids about it, cool. You know, it's not really my job to do, um, nor do I think it's really necessary. But what we wanted to do was help the adults pass this culture and all of this stuff with the dead along to the younger people in their lives. And I think we did it in kind of a fun way. And the illustrations are really cool. Shout out to my friend Caves and illustrator and who's in Japan right now. I wish I was with him. And, uh, you know, basically uh, do it in a really fun way. And, and, and I think kid friendly more so than, let's say, sanitized. Yeah, correct. Kid friendly is a better word. I, I'm also thinking, as you're saying this, Edgar Allan Poe, Right. I mean, uh, uh -huh. you know, here's a guy who was fueled by drugs. I mean, morphine and, and uh, morphine and, uh, you know, all types of hashish and and all types of uh, things influenced his thing. You don't explain when you're reading the Raven or, or the Pit and the Pendulum to to a little uh -huh. kid. You're, you're not saying, by the way, he was he was doing drugs. You know, you, you don't. Right, do that. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like, you know. You, you can look at a Van Gogh painting and you don't have to know he cut his ear off. Right. <laughs> you know? just, like, does it matter? <laughs> L listen, Howie, congratulations. Uh, not just not not just on this book, but on a, an amazing career still going strong. Great concept. And uh, if you can, before you leave us, tell us anything else we should know uh, about the book and anything else you want to share with us. And please give us a, a website or a social media site to follow along with what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the book is out now. You can get it pretty much anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, mom and pop bookshops. And it's just sort of a really fun book that I think is going to make a really great holiday gift for people. And, uh, you know, there um, is an Instagram page for the book, The ABCs of the Grateful Dead, with an underscore between each word, uh, because without it, it wasn't available. Um, and then, you know, you can just... Google me or Google Caves, and you can find us on all of our social media, and, and you can see Caves paintings and, and all of that stuff, too. You know, listen, the best to Caves. Hopefully I can get a chance to catch up with him one of these days. Howie Abrams, thanks a million for being here. Thanks for having me. The ABCs of the Grateful Dead, everyone. A children's book. Yeah, I know a lot of people are laughing or smirking or, or whatever, but let's face it. I mean, from a marketing standpoint... From a marketing standpoint, you're, uh, you're talking about a lot of deadheads out there, and they're going to get their kids uh, this book. I mean, they, they're going to pick up on it. There's certain people that pick up every bootleg they can, and let's face it, there's more bootlegs of the Grateful Dead than, than anybody in the, in the history of the, the rock world, for sure. Um, they encouraged it. They, uh, they allowed it, and not only allowed it, but they, they promoted the idea of of bootlegs and you know listen Jerry Garcia died of uh, you know died of drugs and um, you know well actually maybe he died of cancer but I mean he was he was addicted to heroin late in in their career 
and there's just no getting around the Grateful Dead without talking about drugs. So certain people are going to say, get the hell out of here. I'm not getting my kid a Grateful Dead kids book, but you're probably not a dead head, nor am I, by the way. I mean, I, I appreciate the dead, but I, I'm not what you would call a dead head. Um, but I certainly respect the movement that uh, that happened and the, uh, the following around them and later Fish and, you know, some of the uh, offshoot bands. But, uh, you know, let me, let me just tell you, this is, uh, this is a book that could, that could take off as a children's book, The ABCs of the Grateful Dead. It's, you know, I, I know right off the bat there are friends of mine that have kids and I, I know I'm going to get them this, this book because they're going to get a kick out of it and they're going to utilize the book. Um, you know, some people that are a little more uh, concerned with, uh, with getting them started, if you, if you turn a kid on to the Grateful Dead, if they're a children's book, are you destined? Are you destined for them to find out the truth about the Grateful Dead? And uh, the answer is probably yes, but, you know, just because you find out the truth doesn't mean you're, no, don't, don't, it doesn't mean you're going to raise a, um, an acid head. Frank McKay signing off. Uh, Howie Abrams has been our very special guest. What a career he's had. And that's, it's a, it's a long uh, standing uh, PR um, career and, and so much more. And, and he's a rock guy. And Caves, he mentioned, is the illustrator. He's a great artist. Uh, the ABCs of the Grateful Dead is the book. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Madison Malloy is our very special guest. And uh, she's, she's absolutely wonderful. I've been telling everybody it's time to lighten the F up for the longest time. Uh, she beat me to it. And, uh, and she's got a, a self-help guide that absolutely works. Uh, it, it is absolutely great. Uh, she's, she's got a wonderful life story. It should be a movie. Maybe it will be one day. Uh, it, from Wall Street to stand up and, uh, and beyond. And she is, uh, it, she's absolutely terrific. Everyone's got to get this book. And she will, uh, she will entertain you. She will teach you, and all of that. She's absolutely terrific, Madison. How are you? I am so great. Thank you. That was such a wonderful introduction. I'm so honored. Well, listen, I'm honored to have you. And I'll tell you, uh, you're you're 100 right. I've ordered two books. I ordered one for myself and one for a friend. I'm going to give it to him as a uh, as a present. Uh, but uh, give us an overview. Give us a give us a little bit on the book. Yeah, so this is a, uh, it's a, it's a self-help book, but it's also very, it has a lot of humor in it. it I would like to say it's raw and unfiltered self-help. It's the type of uh, stuff that people would think, but they wouldn't say. I went ahead and put it in a book. Um, but it's, it goes through everything from, like, freeing your finances to stepping into your passions and if they're going to be realistic to help you live the life you want to live. Um Time to stop judging others, to stop being offended, to create an amazing new reality, to find your faith, to just everything that you could think of that makes you a functioning, happy, and whole human being 
with a lot of, you know, uh, humor and um, inappropriate words. But I feel that those words were actually critical to the book because um, it strikes an emotion. And that's what people are, are looking for in self-help is, is they want that, that, that emotion. So the words were used when the point needed to be punched up. And um, it really kind of teaches you how to take a step back and really lighten the F up. Because your life is going to be so much better when you're just calmer and not offended and not judging and just chill. You know, I, I've always said if you walk into a comedy club and you walk out offended, you you obviously went into the wrong place. I mean, it's uh, it, there should be like a safe haven for comedians to uh, to go and to say things, and and it should be kind of like a, a bubble around that, and no one should get offended. Obviously, we know what the law is in in society, but I, I mean, we got to stop getting so offended. Exactly. And I was going to say, if you're somebody who's easily offended, you A, need to read my book and B, stop going to comedy shows until you figure out how to stop being offended. And as a comedian, I've got to tell you, these jokes have been worked out, written, probably done 50 plus times before you come to a paid show to make sure they're good, right? To to give the audience a a good show. So the fact that you're even going to make it about you is crazy because that joke wasn't written about you. So one of the key things to not being offended is stop personalizing things because 99% of the time, it's actually not about you. So don't personalize it and don't be offended. You know, I've always said even uh, with with politics, I, you know, just because my friend, for example, is a Met fan or a Red Sox fan and I'm a Yankee fan, I don't hate them because of that. So if somebody's, you know, to the right or somebody's yeah. to the left of where I am, I, I'm a centrist, you know, I'm a, I'm a middle of the road type of person and I understand all standpoints, you know, and I don't agree with some things on the extremes, but uh, at the same time, I don't I, I don't get too offended by, uh, by any of that. And I don't know if you get into that so much but uh, to me it, like even the way we're raising our kids uh, we're going to make them very uptight if we don't take your advice and uh, and lighten the f up well exactly and i touch a little bit about this in the book it's obviously not political but uh, you know it, saying basically if you turn on the news right they're they're promoting fear because fear gets you to turn tune in and it's it's this narrative that they've got to push which is why you don't see a lot of positive news you see very negative news because it's fear driven um and that's what gets people hooked and when you're fearful you're controlled so if you're finding yourself offended because your neighbor maybe isn't in the same political view as you um you need to shut off the news for a while because it really is kind of that narrative that's being shoved down your throat and also realize that people are raised first of all people have different dna people have different parents they have different upbringings and their opinions are just as justified as your opinions and when you're hating them or judging them or being offended by their views think of how you would feel if they felt that way about you and maybe they do feel that way about you but here's the thing we're going to be such a a happier more functioning society when we turn the news off and we start coming together and realizing that we're all in the same boat we all really do want the same things which is happiness and success and low taxes um you know so really like 
don't 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 be offended. Don't hate. Just realize that everybody's different. Let me remind folks. Be offended because somebody thinks different. Let me remind folks of who they're listening to. Madison Malloy is the author of "It's Time to Lighten the F Up," and I, uh, Madison, I, how much different did the book come out than what you expected when you first sat down and said, "You know what? Let me get this book out." How much different is it than than your anticipation in the beginning? So when I first was writing it, I, I had all this great, you know, self-help stuff in it, and then I thought, well. Self-help can be kind of boring. It's useful information. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I need to spice it up a little bit. So I definitely went in and, and added some, some dirty jokes um, because I wanted people to remember it. So I'm hoping I created what I think is the naughtiest self-help book, <laughs> but the most honest self-help book. Uh, listen. And you know what? Here's the thing. is Some of these, some of these um, analogies I'll use, in the book sometimes can be a little crude, but the reason I did it, it wasn't just to get a punch or get a joke in there. The reason I did it was because people will remember it. So when they start getting, you know, overcomplicating things and then they see like kind of a crude analogy for it, they're going to remember it and it's going to stick with them. And that's what makes the difference between like a book you just read and a book that actually changes your life. You know, it, it, also goes with the the title and the point of the whole book. Uh, it's time to lighten the f up, uh, Madison Malloy. Uh, congrats on all your success, not just uh, the book, but uh, we'll be talking about it as we let you go. Uh, but before you go, give us a website. Thank you. Give a, give us a website or a social media site where we can follow along with what you're doing. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Real Madison Malloy. I'm on Twitter at Madison Malloy. You can buy the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And also, I've got a weekly business self help podcast called Next to Madison. So definitely check that out as well. Every week, every Thursday, we drop a, a new episode to make you uh, either happier, healthier, or wealthier. So check that out, Madison Malloy. And then go buy the book. It's it's great, Madison Malloy. <laughs> thanks for being here. Thank you. I wish you the best day. It's time to lighten the F up is the name of the book. And Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, Madison Malloy, uh, stand-up and uh, and former uh, Wall Street uh, professional and and still talks uh, during her her podcast. And she uh, implements it all into her her comedy and to to all of her her talks of self-help and everything else that she's doing she's uh she's a renaissance woman in a lot of ways uh she's a wonderful performer um if you haven't seen her just uh, just google her and you'll uh, you'll get it she's new york based and uh and again you know as she's saying that she started out doing a uh you know real self-help book if if the title was was that it's time to lighten the f up um and you 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 got into stodgy self-help uh, you know, kind of, it's oxymoronic. So obviously, she's got to put uh, some raunch in there, and and you know, she consciously made that decision. And and uh, you know, it's kind of, um, kind of goes with the uh, with the territory. I don't know how raunchy. I, I you know, I haven't read it. I did order uh, two books. I know somebody who knows her, who likes her a lot, and uh, knows her work. And I'm going to give uh, him that particular book, and um, and you know, I'll check it out. And you know, I like to, um, you know, I like to see what these guys and gals are are saying, 
but she's right. I mean, everybody's very uptight. Everybody's very sensitive. Everyone's, uh, you know, afraid to say something. You're going to get attacked from the left. You're going to get attacked from the right. Um, again, you know, it's it's not where you stand. I think it's how you judge people who stand opposite of you. And, you know, when you get kids, I, I think it humbles you. And, it, you know, you could have a kid who's really far right and a kid who's really far left. And, you know, the, the one thing you don't want them doing is, uh, like, disowning each other because, you know, this one voted for that one or this one voted for the, the opposite number. Um, yeah, I mean, we got to get over all of that. You don't have to agree, but everybody's, uh, everybody should lighten up a, a little bit, and especially when it comes to uh, friends, families, and, you know, and uh, just everyday thing. Look... And I know a lot of people have very strong opinions. It's great. And that's fine to have that. Just don't hate somebody for having a different uh, difference of opinion with you. Frank McKay signing off. It's time to lighten the F up. Madison Malloy is the author of that book, uh, Stand Up, and former Wall Street professional is the author of that book. Uh, we'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.